2: only friends which includes but is not limited to my sidekick what's popping
3: burke i don't know man uh, are we down on camera today guap yeah it is being used for dropped. the flop cam downstairs mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm so you won't be on screen no nope. and the lovely people did not get a blurry shot of the studio for the countdown they did is correct wow yeah. i mean oh, wow. should we you want to wrap it Yep. Uh, yeah, over.
4: Just want to say, everybody, thanks for tuning in,
3: and yeah. uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Agreed. Don't forget uh, to
4: like and subscribe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know that we can do this uh, show on,
3: on such a sho- shoestring budget any longer. I mean, down a camera. Yeah, no. Gua- His name is Guapo. How could he not be on Wh- air? Why? So we're down
1: two cameras. Um, uh,
3: no, Guapo. You- hmm. Good point. <laughs> yeah because
1: we have the camera for the what do you
3: usually use guapo yeah what do you usually use? i usually have a webcam
4: that works oh Where, where'd that go it's currently not working oh. Mm. oh so you just get my lovely voice wait huh. didn't landon steal it from you well after we unplugged it mm-hmm. um i think landon did some florida
3: juju on it oh no don't worry he never took it with him so it definitely wasn't. oh god are you kidding of course not. Don't, don't you think he would have joined us once or twice? <laughs> no. If he had actually taken the equipment with him? No, I don't. Don't worry, Conrad didn't take it with him to San Diego either. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Oh, you just didn't use it?
2: I, wouldn't, um, I couldn't get the, I couldn't get to work.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, you ever question a kid, like, did you eat these cookies? <laughs> is that- uh,
0: uh, uh, the thing uh, is, is uh, like, you know, the cookie jar that was already, have, like, open. Cho- chocolate and- all
2: over their face. You guys have no idea. I spent, like, Prums 23 minutes fucking trying to set this thing up, and I couldn't get the Mom, Mom, How you- many minutes? 23. Mom, you 23 wouldn't believe
3: minutes. it. I was just standing in the kitchen, minding my own business, <laughs> and, and this homeless said- guy <laughs> ran in here and took all the cookies. I, <laughs> I even went
2: to the roof. I was trying to give you guys a beautiful view. The roof? Video. Yeah. I really want to, set to it see up you
3: on the roof. Man, my lips look a lot better today. Uh, your lips looked great yesterday. No.
2: Like you were, um, yeah.
3: It was, <laughs> a, it was a combination of my hoodie, my lips, and the the poster behind me. I was, I was on fire. It was all, yeah. all the same color? All the same color, <laughs> yeah. I saw somebody said it in the chat, but I
2: didn't even realize until after the show.
3: You guys fucking do me dirty all the time. It was too good. They always do me dirty. It's fine. <laughs> All right, we got a great show for you guys today. Uh, we, as always, <laughs> as is tradition, now for Tuesdays, we'll be reading uh, your answers to the tweet. What are a block or what are blockers? Wrong answers only. That's going to be a Tuesday thing that we do moving forward. So every Monday, we'll prompt you guys with a fun little thread on Twitter. We'll read the best responses on Tuesdays. Uh, but before we get into all of that what uh what do you what do you got going on this week lamana you you got some work to do for once
1: yeah we got uh we got an academy going on
3: i saw you did you figure out that
1: seven deuce thing uh no that's very strange i mean we've never used the seven deuce um feature on the graphics and so there's a little just you know just a, a little spot to put the you know the penalty. The, the penalty in for yeah. under seven deuce. So yeah. I figured the software would know when someone wins with seven deuce that everyone, it, pays. it just pays everyone, right? right? For some reason, it was just taking 50 out of everyone's stack and giving it to the winner no matter what they had. Mm. I'm, and you were the winner of the first two hands. So... benefit huh. uh, benefited me. Yeah. I do think that... Just uh, on the graphics, not in real real chips.
3: Right. Right. And the, the, op- or the option to add the bounty after the hand concludes isn't there because that would be what makes most sense to me
2: the people want to know what you guys Mm. are talking about
3: we're talking about we played poker out loud yesterday and we did it with the seven deuce bounty on Mm -hmm. uh and the graphics can usually handle this at least uh you know like the the live streams like big bet uh hustler all them they do the seven deuce bounty it's programmed into the graphics uh so we're just trying to figure out a way to automate it yeah maybe i should just look at the instruction manual
1: I'll give that a shot <laughs> uh the bomb pot works perfect sure yeah you guys are doing bomb pots yeah you just you just type in what everybody's gonna put in for the bomb pot and then uh once you hit go on the graphics it goes straight to the flop with the money in the pot and it's perfect
3: unlucky for you we're not doing bomb pots today what <laughs> they're too slow man they're so good they're too slow they oh my slow.
2: god I just well, want to show for bomb it took pots.
3: us an hour to play one orbit
2: this is well, going to be the because- first poker out
4: loud with bomb pots, right? Second, no, second, no, we've, we've, done we've done it once before, and mm-hmm.
3: and we we unfortunately created a villain out of Matt Vaughn during the uh, during that season. Yeah, <laughs> he was he did a great job. I mean, honestly, like as far as like educational purposes go, wanting to hear somebody's thoughts, he did fantastic. And Nick Seward is going to be the Matt Vaughn of this season. <laughs> a shout out to our timestamp guy. I believe he won. He played well. Not to yeah. give any spoilers away for the season. Well, we well got he got a, a whole, whole, nother, other whole nother
1: day. I'm, I'm just saying, the first half.
3: He got a whole nother day. All yeah, right. he got uh, your ass. He did get my ass. I got him back. You did get him back. Um, He plays really well. I like the way... He I, does. I paused my music uh, on two river spots where I jammed on him, so I didn't have any more decisions to make, and I wanted to hear his thought process. He really thinks through spots incredibly well mm-hmm. landing coaches him privately you, you so. can
1: tell that he has a, a very good fundamental understanding of theory yeah right
3: yeah. yeah um but you can also tell that like he doesn't play these deep stack cash games with a bunch no. of. oh
1: he's a fish out of water he knows that too yeah but he's able to like take the principles that he understands and you know try to navigate through. yeah i think he i think it'll translate well. really well mm-hmm.
3: once we actually have the season come out but man this is going to be the fewest hands we've ever played on a season of <laughs> Poker Out Loud for sure. Yeah, definitely. Him and Nick Howard are just like you. You're going to get a full diatribe on preflop play from Nick Howard. It may as well be uh, and bomb pots. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, I I can't hear anything, obviously, but I just see him, and he's like, uh, he he's like a, a preacher at the uh, at the pulp pulpit. Is that what it's called? Yep. Pulpit. Yeah. Sure. And he's sitting there. And it's like every time I look, he's going. <laughs> he really is yeah and i'm like is that a mm-hmm. check of course it's not a check we got another 10 minutes of him mm-hmm. explaining what's going on
1: here well he really like you can tell that like you know he he's he's a a coach and a teacher because he he really like is when he's in the hand he's like directly speaking to the audience yeah, and saying did. like this is what i'm like you know or some people are just like these are my thoughts you can tell he's like I'm I want you to understand this concept.
2: He also it's it's great. Yeah. yeah, he also like did a lot of talking about like the Seven Deuce game and the like um stand up game being a part of his right, right. The,
1: the dynamics of yeah. the game itself. Like, was just
3: yeah, I'm 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 trolling a lot. because um, I actually love Nick being a part of the show and I, I really enjoy battling. It's just I forgot how slow the pace of play is.
0: hmm
3: <laughs> And I was just falling asleep yesterday. Like, what I'm realizing is that I'm playing a lot of hours these days, and a lack of action immediately checks me out. Yeah, well, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough because
1: not only is, you know, the action, like, very, very slow, but you're just, like, you really can't do anything because you have the headphones on, and someone's talking, you can't hear them, so you're just, like, listening to music. So it's not like you can, like, listen to them and, you know, understand, like, you know, kind of like be entertained a little yeah. bit you're just you're just sitting there listening to music waiting for you to be dealt another hand um, who dealt yeah. last night was it
4: Joe <laughs> or connie
2: no
1: it was um uh, kiwi. I, yeah yeah kiwi uh from, uh he's an Dealer. yep
3: um yeah i i we're obviously talking about the painful process of uh creating the production but the final product i think is just like so good i enjoy poker out loud every single season i love watching it it's like the one thing that when production puts it out i look forward to it every week mm-hmm. um not that i don't look forward to the courses too but like those i kind of watch in passing whenever i'm actually in the mood to to study or whatever poker out loud it's more like almost re-watching a live stream where i'm like i want to go back and i want to see the hands and i want to hear the thoughts and mm-hmm. i want to know like you know what everybody was thinking in these spots and things like that so yeah super excited for this season to come out it'll probably be out in a month and a half or so uh we also have an academy coming up this weekend let's go yes. big big final cash academy for the year i think maybe we'll try to squeeze one in at the end of the year but my best guess is is probably the last one mm-hmm. uh a lot of success obviously coming off of the last few academies we had uh, a big shout out to um charles Campolo out in Campos. florida Campo, sorry yeah. why did i say Campolo? yeah uh, Charles Campos out in Florida. He got first in the Daytona event that I got second in. Um, and you know, there is some cash students that I don't want to. I don't want to out them, but they've been <laughs> doing pretty well as well. Uh, so hopefully, we'll have some uh, success stories coming out of this one that uh, we can we can brag a little bit about. It's it's kind of weird. I know somebody who's coming back to this one particularly. It's I think his second time coming, and I could never say. That he comes, Mm -hmm. but he was telling me, well, I don't want (laughs) to, I know, I know, know you know, I'm just trying to figure out how many details I can leak and I I can't leak many. So uh, I ran into him, let's say, uh, and he was telling me how he basically went from, uh, you know, losing on average somewhere around a half a buy-in per session to now winning like a quarter buy-in per session. I'm measuring it that way just because the game he plays is a little bit difficult to measure in big blinds but um yeah it's like great to hear those kinds of stories yeah for sure where it's like you know a, a lifetime losing player is figuring it out like light bulb moments whatever and i don't even care if it reflects in the win rate to be honest mm-hmm. um it's kind of more the sitting down with some level of confidence you know like conrad whenever he plays against laura over there
2: lola wants no problem oh
3: lola my bad
2: <laughs> lola wants She quit me no. Huh? That's not true. Oh, the podcast started. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Conrad is
3: named GTO Wizard.
2: Lola wants <laughs> <laughs> no problem. He's, he's with
3: deep enough in the lab now where he's created an intimate relationship with GTO Wizard. Mm. It's true. It's so like, like that movie her. her yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> oh, man. Pull, should we pull up another table, baby?
2: <laughs> they won't let me. I got it next. <laughs> I want more tables.
3: Do you have bomb pots for me? Oh,
2: my God. I've been playing with um, um, Straddle. Okay. And it is, it's definitely so much more, way more fun than playing, like,
3: normal non It's kind of interesting to me because I, you know, prior to the AI getting released, uh, I would use Wizard as, like, a quick lookup. Mm-hmm. And the Straddle ranges were the closest thing to what I play. Normal ranges, Exactly. Kind of. All right, well. I mean, the straddle actually makes a lot of spots tighter that you wouldn't expect to be. Like, the button plays tighter with straddle than it would with non-straddle. Because you have three players left acting still, yeah. too.
4: Makes sense. And the straddle is always, like, the third big blind?
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I, I think there's this misconception that three blinds makes for more action, and four blinds makes for more action than three, and five blinds makes more for- it's it's not true isn't
4: it just relative to your chip stack doesn't it shift the Uh, position
3: of where the action is kind of Uh, i mean the problem is is it's like button straddling because Uh, with each additional blind that you put out there you compromise the first person who has money in involuntarily so the small blind right and that just forces that range to continually get tighter and tighter and tighter and more and more and more aggressive which kind of kills action in a big way um in like a two blind anti game the small blind calls a lot Mm -hmm. and that's that's just really good that's that's a great action driver anytime that you can have like two or three way pots post where one or two people are playing from out of position that's that's a good uh structure or mechanic to a game that will drive a lot of action because now you give the ability for the in-position player to continually widen their range uh you know barrel from multiple streets like all the things you're kind of looking for.
1: It's like early yeah. tournament play. Kind uh, of.
2: Like, like ranges. It's, no, no. I think no. it's um, early tournament play, you're way tighter.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Way tighter. Yeah, because there's just no real incentive outside of Chippy V. Yeah. I mean, you're not way tighter. It's you're, kind of. No, because you're just playing Chippy V. Two blinds in yeah. an ante. You're going to be blind? looser than, yeah. than three blinds in an right. ante. Like the button's going to play looser in a tournament than it would in cash. The difference is just, like, depth, actually, I guess, would, uh, would tighten tournaments. Like, if you're 300 big blinds effective in a tournament, then yeah, yeah maybe I'll you'll betcha. play a little bit tighter. Um, i thinking, like 200. But I think, the, I think a lot of it just stems from the idea of more dead money in the pot. And people just being able to recognize that 10 years ago. Where it's like, if there's five blinds out there, well, there's a lot of dead money out there. So I get mm-hmm. to, you know, attack it. And that created a lot of action. Because people would defend really widely and people would gamble and shit like that. But now that everybody kind of understands what the driving factor is outside of money in the pot and like, you know, how position works and how you're supposed to attack with these ranges and shit like that, I think that big antis are far and away a much, much better solution. And I think it comes down to now the casino figuring out like easy ways to instead of facilitating a round of straddles, facilitating like a round of ante's or mm-hmm. a round of double ante's or triple ante's um and it's something that like i want to try to negotiate into our game as well especially because a lot of the players will get turned off when the blinds get bigger um so if you have a guy who comes into a 100 100 game sits with 10k and we force a round of straddles he starts to get a little bit uncomfortable because he knows mm-hmm. his 50 bigs effective yeah but if we just say hey what do you guys think about uh, a round of double ante's He's not going to care that much. It's only going to cost him an extra 100 bucks, And he still has 100 big blinds in front of him. So he's not going to think about the fact that the pot just grew by you know 25% right, or really 33%, did. whatever. Um, and it's going to have less impact on his overall strategy, but drive a lot more action. Or at least it should drive more action, according to everybody else. The, the only difficult thing is that a lot of the people who like to initiate straddles want to do so because they want to v more hands like for that reason i often involuntarily straddle <laughs> or, or sorry voluntarily straddle. Yeah. yeah like i'm the guy who will put the straddle on and not ask if everybody else is going to do it because mm-hmm. what i'm noticing is like i just benefit a lot from being able to play more hands mm-hmm. and if i'm forced into a spot to defend more mm-hmm. uh i'll be fine It just doesn't put you in that bad of a situation. Yeah, Yeah, like like you're still losing when you put the straddle out. That's
4: what I was going to ask. I didn't want to sound naive, but if you're the only person straddling, then obviously you're giving up EV. Yeah, this Mm -hmm. is not a good thing.
3: No, I mean, well, it can be. It depends on the game dynamics. But like, you're giving up EV. But if you think you're so much better than the than the collective that getting to VPIP one extra spot, like you won't you won't necessarily play that spot break even. You'll still probably lose money, but you'll lose a hell of a lot less over the aggregate than most people putting out the third blind and then on top of that you'll just create some meta spots where you just get to kind of win a lot of money through through the gamble so to speak so yeah over the long run you're going to lose you're going to lose money but in the short run it could be a good action driver for your own strategy yeah at least that's the way i view it i don't know I mean, what, what it just lets you play I
2: more do. hands <laughs> yeah <laughs> you just defend yeah, more heads Like right? right. just the big blind again you
3: can just limp dark no you know no a lot of things you could do no i I want my option okay (laughs) all right well let's get after it then all right let's get into uh the twitter tuesdays yesterday we put out a thread on only friends twitter uh if you guys aren't already following head over to uh the the x.com and look for only friends underscore pod uh you can find us over there give us a like and a follow well actually give us a like here and then a follow there uh, and we put out a prompt that said, what are blockers? Wrong answers only. And uh, I'm surprised nobody, nobody admitted it, but blockers are like birds. They don't exist.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wait, who Fig- said that?
3: Figment of your imagination. What? The birds don't, birds exist? don't exist. I think it was, uh, what's his face? Uh, Kyrie. Maybe it oh. was flower)
4: He was got a flat really. earth guy, right? He was a flat earth
3: guy. <laughs> flat earth. He rescinded the, the flat earth thing, I he think. Yeah. He might he have got come. too much shit for it. I mean, I don't know. This guy somehow derailed his NBA career by believing in that the earth is fucking flat. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> He went to Duke. He's not a dumb guy. I, right. I don't know. I don't know what happens with people here, man. They're, they're, they're out in these streets. They
2: say it's a Gen Z conspiracy theory.
3: Yeah, Gen Z is bored. i've come to the conclusion they're they're just fucking bored man they are they're so in need of like clicks and likes and attention grabbing things 24 7 like eventually you've seen all the reels you've been through all the tiktoks and you just grew
1: up in a world of instant gratification right so it's you know they once that uh, gets that gets shut off for a second
2: they yeah
3: then you just go into fantasy land you're just just like you know what maybe the earth is fat they just never (laughs) touch grass
2: that's the only problem
3: more people do need to touch grass. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later with uh, Perkins' tweet. Um, so some of the best answers that we saw here, and I, I'll i give a little respect to JMC here because he's clearly a fellow Yinzer. He said, not the Steelers' offensive line last year. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're kind of right. You know
1: what? They made some improvements, though.
3: The, look, the Steelers' offensive line stock is high. People are buying. I'm oh buying. My God. Give me the over eight and a half. Can't wait. Secretly I would take over eleven. <laughs> wow. I'm just you, know, saying.
2: you know you can get some extended odds on that, right? Really? Absolutely. What
3: kind? Uh, give you give me five minutes. I'll get back. Okay, to you. let me know. <laughs> I'm into it. Um Dirks at our Dirks said those short shorts that Landon always wears.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a really good one. Those yeah. are kind of blockers. Yeah.
3: <laughs> he thinks they're infinite Riz, but <laughs> Well, they're not blocking what they're supposed to
2: be blocking.
3: That's the problem. That's true. Very true. Unfortunately, they're blocking that's why we that need. From, that's,
1: why he, that's why he needs a Steeler uh, uh, blanket. The fact know?
3: that he's willing to insist on wearing the short shorts, but then conform and wear the blanket is disturbing to me. Like, he acknowledges that it's a problem. Right. So the degree where he'll wear mm-hmm. the blanket. Well, he wants to wear the shorts. I think he was
2: forced into the blanket when it comes down to it.
3: Maybe. Yeah. Perhaps.
2: He was forced into it. Everybody... Mm-hmm
3: the fact that the light bounces off of his legs <laughs> in a reflective manner is blinding not, not a great look blinding you mr pickleman i like the i like the name at mr pickleman uh, it's what you use when your A-locker isn't working. That yeah, one was creative. That
4: is creative.
1: Uh,
3: Can
4: someone uh, yeah. fill me in on this? What is B a locker. blocker? A B-locker.
1: A
0: B-locker. Uh, <laughs> uh, very good. A-locker's
3: <laughs> B-locker, so <laughs> anyway. your blocker. Moosifer mm-hmm. <laughs> at Caltrek says one that manufactures Legos. There you go. He is a blocker. Mm-hmm. He is a blocker. Joe Salty, someone who raises pre-flop and blocks you from limping in with a garbage hand that would have won. It's customary at low stakes to tell the blocker how lucky they are <laughs> that you didn't call pre-flop as your hand would have hit. <laughs> you know, this isn't just uh, at low stakes. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the Im- uh, yeah. li- I love knock fam. Shout out to the legend. <laughs> this man has been. This man has been. See, he spent more more human hours at the Bellagio than people who work there, for sure.
2: This man will be playing one three at win sometimes. Yeah, I mean, He fucking loves it.
3: He he's he's literally the goat. But I've never in my life heard somebody who plays as high stakes as he does for as long as he has go I would have got you on that one. <laughs> oh, you, you, you folded a big hand to the three bet? No, no. I didn't even call the open. I had eight four off. <laughs> but I would have got you. It's like, yeah, okay. Just, you know what you should do? Just play
1: all the hands. Yeah. You'll never, Sometimes you'll you'll never get me. not
2: win the ones you're supposed to. Sometimes you'll get me. All right, Burke. I got one for you. Okay, hit me. Over 10 and a half.
3: Okay. Plus 230. Booked. Give wow. me the money. Wow. Give me the money, baby. You could probably find
2: a better line than that, that out there, but that's that's what I see right now.
3: Slide in. <laughs> Slide in. Big free line. Give me two 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 and a half to one. I'm fucking in. Mike Youngblood at Hoops Mike. <laughs> I don't know where he found this picture. It's a picture of <laughs> Charlie Brown as a blockhead. I like that. <laughs> Charlie Brown, you're a blockhead. Who used to say that? L- Lucy. Uh, Lucy, that's yeah. right. I almost said line. sister. It ain't no Lola. This this is the only correct answer. I I don't know how more people didn't come up with it. It's just a gif of the tem, the Kembe <laughs> going like this. Yeah, no, no, no. He's such a gangster. Uh, yeah, I can't. Don't come in his hole. No, no, but no. I I thought my response was pretty good.
2: <laughs> oh God. I I figured that was gonna be one of the first ones. I, I thought had. this was good.
3: Am I wrong? No. Nope. Is that not a blocker? I mean, it is a blocker. This is like a chastity. That belt, looks right? like the
4: one
1: from, <laughs> from, from that looks like the one from the the, the bus that picked us up for Jace's uh, bachelor
3: party. That's true. That is true. <laughs> uh, like, probably the same model, yeah, same but, make it model I for think sure. So. For I, sure. Th- at
2: first look, I thought this might be a chastity belt. Uh, what?
3: <laughs> I don't think you know what a chastity belt <laughs> yeah, is. It's a blocker. Uh, I, 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 I. It's I don't know very it looks clear like. you don't it, know what a chastity belt is. Isn't that? Or a, I. I would. Challenge you to tell me what chastity you think chastity means. Belt. Hold on one second. Now <laughs> that's why he's got the computer yeah. there. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you landed on butt plug. Well, eventually I okay. looked at it, but you I,
2: know. Like, I thought the legs go in there and there's some type of law.
3: <laughs> Melissa seemed offended by replying, brah. So I replied back to her with a wedding ring and said, Is that better? <laughs> Then, and then
1: she responded with
2: that.
3: Then she somehow takes it to another level. Uh, which, you know, I don't know. Yeah, don't do it. I don't know what kind of guy <laughs> she's dealing with, but this isn't as big of an issue she's implying. What? This is not a blocker. This is, this is an unblocker. Fuck, fuck what you heard. <laughs> <laughs> this is an
2: unblocker. Oh, uh, no. Blocks the bluffs, block man. This
3: just this blocks bluffs. You know? No big deal. Just get a towel oh no, no. no. just get no, a no, towel oh no. No. No, 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 no you guys no, are just, pussies. just stop yep, 100% just stop. pussy you guys are, take a shower man oh trust take me a- I'm going to take a day off Take mate. a day off mate <laughs> I'm gonna do that too right. <laughs> I might take five <laughs>
2: <laughs> take, 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 a whole, take a whole week off bro <laughs>
3: You don't got your red wings? Ah,
0: oh just stop. God. Just move on. <laughs> Good God.
3: What? What's the problem? Man. Ooh. I don't see an issue here. <laughs> What's the next one? We're stuck on it. We're, so we we're going to we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna get drilled down to the bottom of this one. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> Bruh. Come on. Uh, all right. So we're going to be giving prompts at the end of every, every week. Uh, or sorry, at the end of every Monday show. If you guys would like to have your tweet read on air, just reply to that prompt with something good or gory or anything in between. Mm-hmm. seems as though we gravitate toward a certain brand. As you, you can you see from this first segment, nothing is off the table. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Uh, if YouTube won't block it, we will read it. <laughs> block it. Nice. Do <laughs> what you did there. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's take another deep dive down the rabbit hole that is x.com slash twitter slash whatever the fuck do we this... have to
1: call it x it's like, no are we, are I, we I honestly want contractually to actually obligated to do that
3: i actually would like to actively not call it x no me either i'm not here for the rebrand do you think that there's a point where it will stop being referred to as twitter yeah uh... it has to right eventually uh, i, I mean, don't know the thing is, is like are you ever going to call facebook meta
4: no,
1: but it's still Facebook, right? Just Meta is the uh, is the, is the new company. The company, okay. yet, right? That's fair. Um, it's like you're not going to call uh, Google also, Alphabet or whatever it's
2: called, right? Like I, I think you know. it will because uh, along with the rebrand, I feel like he's doing
3: going to be doing a lot of other things with X. The, the problem is, like, is that X is not a good name.
2: No, X. I agree. It sucks.
3: Where he
4: used to say, "Hey, I sent out
2: a
3: tweet." Yeah. yeah right. Now I posted.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I noticed that today. Uh, Because I retweeted, I reposted, retweeted the that's the uh, dumbest thing, yeah. (laughs) I, 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 but it still says retweet,
2: no, mine says repost, yeah. So, reposted, I did well.
1: So, so, um, I reposted or retweeted, um, the the tweet from for the show today, and then you liked it, Mm -hmm. and it said Matt Berkey liked your repost, but when I clicked to retweet it, it says "quote tweet retweet."
3: Mm, mine says "repost." Hmm, maybe I didn't, maybe be, I, didn't update, Apple.
1: I didn't update my app yet.
2: Yeah, Yeah, it says repost. I'm looking now. Yeah. yeah
1: so, so they're not tweets anymore.
3: No, no, it's all
2: off.
1: So it's just posts.
3: Yeah, it seems generic.
1: So, so they're just posts. They're not tweets. Correct. It's not Twitter.
3: Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Fuck that shit. <laughs> Going back to fucking
3: MySpace. The bird was so good.
2: The bird was really good.
3: Yeah. He's just creating anarchy. The bird is no longer the word.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: Next Mondays uh-huh. is the bird the word <laughs> Wrong answer is What is uh
4: what's Jimmy Kimmel gonna do now for mean tweets?
0: Mean
3: acts. Right, mean, like act. mean, posts. mean posts. Yeah. yeah mean just doesn't Doesn't hit no it's twitter for from now and forever i'm gonna get called a boomer somewhere down the line like five years from now for referring to it as twitter yeah for sure and honestly to all those future kids that aren't old enough to be watching this show yet fuck you yeah (laughs) fuck you zoomer yeah i'm done with you (laughs) what's what's
1: gonna come after zoomer like there's nothing after z
3: i don't know i mean alpha (laughs) awful <laughs> one yeah i don't know we're Go in trouble. back all the way back to a i feel like every generation goes through these cycles by the time you reach 40 where you look at the young up-and-coming kids you're like we're fucked yeah and i'm sure our parents did with us and they and their, were wrong and their
1: parents did with them and they and were wrong par- obviously yeah.
3: but like we're right yeah
1: right. <laughs> that's what we all think <laughs> oh, we're for sure right like yeah.
3: landon's not the future mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> every every generation thinks the generation after them is lazy and doesn't want to work
3: and well, doesn't. It's do because right. by comparison, they always will well, be. Well, yeah. No, I think
1: it's just because life just gets easier <laughs> as we that's progress. What I'm in technology, right? Yeah, that's what I'm right. saying. By so comparison, like, they'll always be. Yeah, it's like our grandparents like had to work a lot harder because they didn't, you know, have things automated like we do.
3: Yeah, and I then, agreed.
1: I mean, a hundred years from now, you're literally gonna have to, you're just gonna like have to do anything. You can be sit there and just everything <laughs> around you. We'll be done for you. This is
3: how the world's gonna end. Yeah, things are gonna get too automated. People are afraid that like AI is gonna like be the doomsday device and turn on humans and obliterate us, etc. Yeah. etc. That's not what that, we're, we're gonna do, it, we're gonna self destruct mm-hmm. from within,
1: right? You ever see that movie Idiocracy? No, oh, it's, it's basically that. Okay, it's like everyone just becomes fat and lazy because everything's done for them.
3: I don't even know that they're gonna become fat, I'm certain they'll become lazy, yeah. and my, my presumption is they'll become so lazy, everybody will stop fucking. and at that point it's just over like Mm -hmm. we just cease to exist we have pets and then call it a day and that's it like all in one fell swoop everybody just stops having children
1: i mean it's kind of happening in a a way it's it's slowly gravitating that way there's a lot of countries that are like the population is declining because of like these reasons
3: yeah i think uh if i remember correctly japan Japan was a big yeah yeah a big part of it
4: Isn't it in China where you're limited to like one child or something? I think they lifted that. Yeah, I think they lifted that. But it used to be. Mm
3: -hmm. Uh, Or maybe it was one. Was it one child or one female? Whatever. It doesn't really matter. Something like that. It doesn't matter. Uh, As far
4: as pets go, apparently they're getting very expensive. So I don't know that pets is an option either.
3: Well, as I had, you know, previously told Landon, there's a charge for this. And uh, it appears as though Twitter has confirmed this. I'm
4: sorry, what? Platform?
3: Oh, uh, yeah, Twitter. X.com. Twitter. <laughs> the tweet.
1: X is coming for you.
3: Fuck. These people, man. <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh,
1: pumps are a little oh, more expensive
3: nowadays. Can't live in Vegas oh, with a man, 10.
4: I don't understand this. How, how are we in the top 10?
3: Because water is expensive. Grass is non-existent. Uh, and if you so want grass, it's expensive.
4: So if you want a pet, Middle America is the place to be. Yeah. Yeah,
3: everything is abundant you know you don't you don't have to spade and neuter them you don't have to get their vaccines you don't have to get a license well i guess you don't need a license here but uh yeah there are costs to having a pet out here man i mean
2: so in 2021 china announced that couples will be permitted to have up to three children Mm -hmm. in a major policy shift from the existing two child limit
3: wow there we go there you go now we know now we know how many dogs can they have (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> They're littering the streets. Uh it looks like a big part of the cost for animals is actually veterinary care, pet insurance, and doggy daycare. For what uh I don't know, like I know why car insurance is very high out here. Mm-hmm. I don't know why all insurance is so fucking high out here. Right. It's it's insane. I mean, I guess I understand that medical insurance is high because the the quality of medical standards out here is incredibly low, much like the education. Vegas is not exactly the best place to to be uh, to be middle class. Mm-hmm. This is a very like it's a playground if you're wealthy, and it's pretty desolate. I think if you're middle class and below, like you don't get great education, you don't get good healthcare, you don't really have uh, many options as far as like leaving the desert. You know, you have to pay an excessive. Uh, the, some of the highest rent charges are like the entry level ones. You know, the yeah. one bedroom apartments right. and
1: for sure and shit like that like Mm -hmm. you get the least
3: bang for your buck that's why you're seeing so much of
1: the shared economy and the people living together and because it's it's tough it's tough to like if you want to like live on your own it's very expensive yeah it's yeah it's
4: very expensive knows is that why why don't you get yourself a roommate so like i'd I'd rather be a little bit broker and just live by myself you (laughs) know what i mean it's nice to come home and just get naked and
1: you you didn't see just come home and get naked you didn't see
3: on the floor (laughs) you didn't see guapo's post on reddit Oh, Lord. Melissa, uh, <laughs> Melissa, <laughs> Melissa put it in the chat. I missed Where this are one. We going with this? Oh, Melissa Uh-oh. put it in the chat. Uh, it's titled, looking for a female roommate to pay zero dollars. <laughs> oh,
4: <laughs> I didn't think anybody no. was actually going to see this.
3: Well, now here we are, Guapo. Oh, it's my very God. unlucky, Please but I mean, find it we'll, let's do a little it. advertising for you, you know. Mm. Uh, while he's trying to pull it up, I'll read it out loud to the, to the audience. Uh, I will not charge you money but I will be sharing my bed with you as the other room is being used by my parents. They are aware of this arrangement as I've done this before, but it has not worked out for the reasons I'd rather not say on here. I will expect hugs at least five times a day and cuddles at least two times a day for at least 10 minutes each. That's very sweet, Guapo. You know,
4: you're just, you're just a man who wants to I spread the th- love. I honestly thought 10 minutes was asking for a lot. It so. is a lot. <laughs> okay.
3: I will say it is but a lot.
4: And dude, it's $0 in rent. Yeah, that's true. And I'm usually pretty clean. Like, I don't stink. <laughs>
3: You will not be dating any other man during this arrangement. You will have no male friends either. You may have female friends, and they may visit if you like. You also will be required to make me meals three times a day. Physical requirements are stated: it must be shorter than five five, weigh no more than one twenty. Now, come on, guapo. <laughs> I, you got no love for the curvy girls? Come on, man. I don't
4: know. Maybe uh, no, I, I might make an exception. I'm still, I'm still taking applications. Um, I'm actually going through the pictures now. So.
3: Okay. Caucasian or Asian only? Racist. <laughs> Of course, Republican, (laughs) biologically female, no tattoos, no Muslim, no vegans, no smoking, vaping, marijuana, (laughs) (laughs) and you must shave your legs and underarms. I'm a 44-year-old male, 290
0: pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Last time I checked, 5'6".
4: <laughs> Please contact me if
3: you'd like this arrangement. <laughs> Last time I checked, 5'6". Yeah,
4: well, I would have given you 5'8", easy. Yeah, it's so nice yeah. not to have a camera today. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what,
3: you, you hide it well.
0: Thanks, you hide
3: it, it well. Uh, 290, I would have never thought. I'm, You know, 245, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've been spoiling you with those tortillas. This is true.
1: <laughs> it's funny because Andre said, that's probably a troll, but sadly, it might not be. I I, I, think, I think this is very real. I think Damn. it's very
3: I real it's also. Very,
2: very, real. It's oh, too specific. What is, what is wrong it's with said, people? <laughs> they are aware of, my parents are aware of this arrangement, as I have done this before, but it has not worked out for three. <laughs> <laughs> it's like,
3: what? <laughs> I like that he didn't want to state the reasons there. Like, we couldn't just speculate. Yeah. <laughs> couldn't imagine what. Couldn't get in the 10 minutes of
4: hugs a day, I guess. Oh, man. Could you imagine a woman who fits all this criteria, and she weighs 140 pounds, and he just... <laughs> he's just like, <laughs> sorry, you didn't cut it. <laughs>
3: sorry, I need someone who's a third my weight, not a quarter. <laughs> or not half, rather. Yeah, man. People were fucking weird. I gotta tell you. Go ahead.
2: I was going to say, talking about
3: weirdos. Okay, where are we going? The Apollo. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if "weird" is the description I would give him, but sure. Let's let's talk about the Apollo and how sick this man is. This man has been hitting a
2: fucking slot machine button. Oh, well, it is automated now. I was going to say, did he automate it with
3: like? Did, <laughs> did he get one of those like birds that you put water in the tail and it just goes, starts dude. pecking itself? <laughs> just, just forever pressing the button, basically. Yeah. So what is
2: it? A year and a half later. He finally fucking he hit the jackpot.
3: Finally, he finally hits the jackpot. Seems like that was way above expectation, wasn't it? Like ten million spins or something no, along those lines.
2: No, I, don't I f- think that. I feel like he thought he was going to get it done in like a month. It no, was like, originally it was like he did. Yeah. Spins or
3: originally something. he thought he would get it done in a month, but <laughs> then I thought it was like one in a million that it was going to hit or something like that. Oh, okay, some uh, some super long odds. Um, this
2: should just show everyone how hard it is.
1: 20 slots
4: don't play slots
2: (laughs) (laughs) he was taking his fucking youtube page with this thing
3: i'm happy for him that he hit it are you does this matter yeah he He was live streaming this for like the first month yeah well he thought they would get he would just drill it when you put so much time
2: into something even though it's so stupid
3: september 30th 2022 still live streaming just took a shower break 63 hours in and no jackpot yet (laughs) (laughs) I wonder what the standard deviation is.
1: It took him 11 months. Like, wild. I mean, I mean, it could, you know, he could have hit it in a month, but maybe it could have been like 10 years too. <laughs> right. Right. We don't so, really. I mean, I guess, I'm sure we could figure it out. So, if we knew the exact odds of
3: hitting it. He hitting. tweeted and said, I promised to stream a slot I bought until I hit a jackpot. I thought the odds were somehow like roulette stupidly when I planned this. Wednesday, about two hours in, I was told. I was thinking the jackpot was 3,000 to one." Uh, or like 3,300 to one or whatever, I was very wrong. Day four, booked. Let me see if he actually listed the true odds somewhere.
1: He thought it was only 3,000 to one? 200,
3: 213,140 spins into my slot experiment. The goal was three big-time pay symbols, jackpot for 1,500. I've now hit 1,500 twice, but it's... Fu- it's from the other single combos mm. there's a non jackpot to pay the same do i really have to keep
2: <laughs> yes, we you do. Ain't
3: stopping that was in january that was like oh what my five God. months that was in into january? It, so wild. that was in january he had a quarter million spins in so i i think i was right in my expectation that it was like more than a million to one uh or, or something something to that effect i'm I, pretty, I, I I'm pretty, pretty sure with the
4: cost like. of electricity he probably just broke even well, he doesn't.
3: He what doesn't do you mean? Broke he broke even. He doesn't win anything. It's his slot. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's it's a, a it's fake, fake slot machine. I want to
2: know how much he's down. Like, You're like in theoretical dollars. Yeah. yeah. Oh God.
3: <laughs> it has oh, to be man. miles,
2: what? right? I
1: mean, it depends. Uh, M-
3: maybe like, this is the biggest video he ever does. Oh wow. That's you know, just, it's, it's literally a year in the making. <laughs> Legit. It's like he started this in September of last year. It's like almost exactly a year in the making. Mm-hmm. Imagine, yeah. imagine, also imagine how ridiculously hilarious this is that <laughs> he had a single goal with a one, like a, a single line slot. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was to hit the the ultimate jackpot. Okay. He had unlimited resources. So he wasn't, he wasn't it's his machine he wasn't going to be strapped by the right, cost right and he had unlimited time essentially so he was just going to do this until it happened and it took him one year of perpetual play so he, he imagine being him. the person who shows up to the casino to just do this for fun <laughs> right thinking right. you have any shot in right. hell well no think about the people that like
1: are like at the airport right and they're like just leaving like i'm just gonna play this and then drill it how how fortunate that is!
3: Well, like, what you're not considering is all the bodies left in the wake of course. that pressed
1: that <laughs> oh, of button course. prior to <laughs> <laughs> that. <laughs> of course, slot. right, right. I understand how it works, but like when you're that one person who, like, I'm just going to throw a twenty in here and then you drill it for you know half a million dollars. It's like
3: when you say that one it. person, you're referring to yourself. I've yeah. never seen anybody hit more fucking. Royal flushes on video poker just randomly throwing a 20 <laughs> into a machine. Then you
2: <laughs> that is
3: true, it goes all the way back to the Silver Creek days. You, like, uh, we're waiting to get into like a three six limit game. He's like, Yeah, <laughs> what am I gonna do? Not play, yeah.
1: I mean, you don't see all the times that I don't win,
3: that, that's true. But I mean, in my experience, first handedly, right. uh, you just the thing is, is that when, you, when
1: you go and you put a hundred in and, and you lose it, you don't take a picture of it and send it to all your friends and say, hey guys, I just <laughs> I lost $100 a in the parking machine. But every time you hit a royal, right. you're sending it out to everybody. Yeah, yeah. Maybe sure. we should normalize yeah, the, the losses. Uh, that's the Jeno the way
2: to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Geno started a fucking chat between me, Corey, and her that's called high stakes slots. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Where she
3: just uses it to send us pictures of what she's done this week. Jenno would be a millionaire if she never gambled. Probably. Isn't. Instead, that's, I mean, that's she's true living for check to check. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no,
1: definitely not. You don't she's either she's very lucky like or she plays a lot because I've seen a lot of,
3: like, she screenshots
1: plays a lot. of, like, you know, just, like, huge jackpots, like $24,000 Ask jackpots. her how she
3: pumped it off her inheritance. Yeah. Oh. I,
2: I <laughs> haven't I seen one of these pictures in a while, I will say. She did, <laughs>
3: she did tell me the other day that she's, she's – uh, cutting way back on the gambling, yeah. which in my mind meant that she hadn't done it in like a week <laughs> no, I feel like it's or that people. she won the last time that she played <laughs> one or the other. Like, yeah. I just got even. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she loves it. Vegas is dangerous. It's, it is. Uh, Stay safe uh, out there, kids. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's why it's so expensive to have a dog. The dogs are out there playing slot Probably machines. Like sell- machines <laughs> all <the same> day. <laughs> that damn chihuahua is costing you a lot of money. <laughs>
3: Uh, nobody wants a chihuahua. Hey, I, I like dogs. but I'm I think sorry. Charlie's part part. Of course he is. Charlie's got ah. he's
1: got some some sort of chihuahua. In him.
3: Yeah, he looks like a cross between Toto and the Taco Bell dog. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, no, all he's Toto. Charlie. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's he true. is. He's
1: the Karen Terrier.
3: Yeah. Except Toto was black, right?
1: Yeah, we got a great one. Wasn't Toto a Shih Tzu?
3: No. Ah, whatever. No, Karen Terrier. Yeah, they're all the same. Yeah,
2: Karen Terrier. All ankle biters. Yeah, they they are. exactly.
3: Um all right, let's get to that's Andre. (laughs) Let's get to a couple actual threads with someone. Where the
2: fuck is Andre? He's in the chat, he's biting ankles.
3: No like, one knows. This is the CEO of the company, guys. <laughs> <laughs> he just abandons us for months at a time. No communication. He randomly starts texting in the in the group thread, like one word at a time, because somehow he thinks that's a more efficient <laughs> way to communicate. Get your attention. And yeah, makes me want to strangle it
2: <laughs> Hey guys, look at me. I'm down here biting your ankles. <laughs>
3: talk a lot of shit for a guy who could disembody you yeah he really could he's got a catch me first yeah that's true that actually is true um all right daniel put out a thread yesterday uh that was a bit of a read but i think it was i think it was addressing something that maybe gets a little bit too normalized and it's kind of this notion that i think that too many people are of the perception that poker is uh as simple of a game as logically deducing what the information that you're being fed means in, es- in essence what i'm really trying to say is i think people forget that the goal of poker is to um what is what is happening are we dying uh,
2: no, uh, it oh, no, what's McCall's probably. Oh, Pigtails those They yeah. fucking shit up like normal. Walk in, yep. making all
3: the noise. Just, mm-hmm. just coming here banging. Yeah, right. Don't worry about uh, it. Anyway, I, I think people forget that the entire intent behind poker is to dissuade your opponents from making a decision that's bad for you. Or, in other words, like, the entire purpose is to mislead your, your opposition, right? So this whole notion that based off of a bet size you know that your opponent has this or that. And I know that like a lot of these threads are based off of like Mikey just kind of (laughs) spouting off fucking nonsense. Like, Oh, well in my career, I'm like 95% accurate in knowing exactly what my opponent holds. Come on, Mike. I love you, but like, shut up. (laughs) What are you talking about? Like, that's just not how the game's played. It's a game of misinformation. It's a game of incomplete information. It's a game where, like, we never really have any degree of certainty over what actions truly mean or where the imbalances actually occur, uh, and it, it kind of goes hand in hand. Uh, I saw a Jay Little thread pop up today that said something along the lines of, "Like, I hate folding big hands, but here are three tips on when to fold uh, big hands more frequently." And it's like, I get it. I understand. You know his audience that he's preaching to. He's trying to condition them to not get married to like the top pair type hands and stuff like that. But to give you better context, Patrick Howard put a tweet out a few days ago that said over uh, multiple millions hands of samples. Actually, I'm just gonna find the tweet because I think it's important to get the the numbers right.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, Howard, why is he not just Patrick Howard on Twitter? Come on. <laughs> like Mob- Mobius or whatever yeah, there he is Moby. okay alright there he is uh, he put out GTO fun fact of the day when PO solver folds the river only about 10% of the folding range consists of top pair or better across all lines on average in other words in theory 90% of the hands you fold on the river should be second pair or worse how does this line up with your experience so it's like that so grossly contradicts the notion that you should start to condition yourself to fold big hands early in order to avoid like later mistakes. Um, That I, I worry about the messaging because it's framed around this notion again, that like we can just see an action and know for a fact that the imbalance our opponent is operating from is one where uh, we should play conservatively, not aggressively. And the reason why I hi- highlight that is a lot of like what Daniel's saying in his thread, where uh, I think the natural tendency is to believe in our risk aversion, right? You never really hear many people saying like, "Oh, well, when he does X, like when I get raised on the flop, you should just go all in more, because he's full of shit, right? So it's always like this this cat and mouse game of like, well, I'm naturally risk averse. And I assume my opponents are naturally risk averse, and we're just going to continually iterate off of each other until none of us put any money in unless we have the nuts. And maybe at certain levels of the game, that's how it's played. But the second that you come into a, a an environment where anybody's a critical thinker at all, that stops being true. Yeah, people start to find bluffs, even if they're just equitable bluffs, natural ones. You know, uh, ace eight five. People raise six seven. You know, that that's like enough to some degree, where if they have really strong hands like two pairs and sets, and then they also have like hands like six seven and uh you know, maybe they start to to reach a little bit for like uh backdoors, like nine ten of hearts with a backdoor, things like that. Well, that's enough to to have balance at least at that exact point of the game tree, uh to some degree. So Daniel said was uh, it's amazing how often I hear recreationals say some version of the following. When it, when he bet X, it screams of a bluff. It's odd, but they always use the word screams. 99% of the time, what they think screams is a bluff isn't even a whisper. First off, that's not how theory works. A good player won't be so transparent that the sizing of their bet tells you exactly if it's a bluff or a value. A good player will be somewhat balanced with each bet size. Uh, now, with amateurs, this can certainly be a thing. You can pick up on patterns based off of bet sizing against weaker opponents. A simple example is you raise 300 preflop. Your opponent, who would usually make it 1,000, makes it 800. Every time you've seen them size down like this, it's aces or kings. Uh, In my recent match with Polk, many of you said when he bet 2x pot, it screamed of a bluff. But in reality, this spot came up twice in the match. Once he had it, once he didn't. The size of the bet a good player makes will never scream of a bluff, but a size can tell you what their range is actually looking like. When you face a massive bet, call it 2x pot, the pro is telling you that they are polarized. What does that mean? Means he either has a nutted hand or a total bluff. He will never have a mediocre hand for that size, but it can be in either. But it can be either a value bet or a bluff. So I I think the importance of this thread is basically to remind everybody that poker is not so easy. That you can just confidently look at an action and immediately deduce like, oh, my opposition has X. It's because you just don't have perfect information, and you just mm-hmm. find that out throughout later streets. Not only do you not have perfect information, but, like, you have very little information. almost none. Right. So, it's like, uh, you know, in the Jonathan thread, uh, he shows a video of him, like, bet folding ace-king on ace-eight-five, I think, or something like that. On Uh, on the flop? Yeah. Yeah. And he folds? Yeah, he just folds. And he says, like, basically, if you're against a range of two-pair-plus and draws, you're uh, not doing well, so just fold the hand early. Uh, the only time that like you start making money in this spot is if your opponents are bluffing correctly. And those statements, I guess, are relatively true. It's just...
4: Well, I mean, they can but, also be overvaluing, too, yeah. though, right? Like they well, can, he, he mentioned did, that, he too. He that.
3: basically said, like, if they raise an ace, then obviously you have a clear continue. But the the thing is, is, like, how on earth could you ever know?
2: Right. You just don't know who's yeah. doing what when it comes down to right, it. Right. Like, like, you have to have very, like, good I, understanding. I of think people
3: mistake... I think people mistake the outliers for the for the average or for the for the commonplace right so we all have an image of an old man coffee in our head where if you see that ace eight five and he raises you you hate life barring having a set yourself right you're just miserable when you get raised in that spot because it's fucking old man joe who showed up here to only play the nuts yeah but that guy is a complete and utter outlier like, sure, he represents some subfraction of the environment that you play in, but it's like a tiny, tiny, tiny sliver of people that are that face-up and that transparent whenever they're playing the game.
2: I mean, it's usually at pretty low stakes.
3: Right. Well, yeah, that, that part's obviously kind of a given. Uh, now, that doesn't mean that you can't make reads and exploitative plays. It's just more so you want to lean into the fact that you don't know. And really good hands are really high in equity barring you actually having perfect clairvoyance over your opponent's range. So it's like most of this should be most of this should be focused on the river. Like if you're going to start folding good hands, largely that'll be on the river in spots where your opponents just don't bet enough. Mm -hmm. Right? And I understand that you could try to extrapolate that out to the flop and say like, well they don't raise enough either so I can start folding there. But the But the issue becomes is like, uh, sure, maybe they don't raise enough, but if they just have an inkling to do anything with equitable hands, be it top pair that they think is valuable because they flatted ace, queen, pre and didn't three bet this time, or be it because they have the open ender or whatever, when you start folding top of range, you're getting fucking torched. Like you're losing hundreds of big blinds over the long run. And they're, they're solely benefiting off of you, right? Because... By you not paying them off, that may feel like a win. But in return, your big hands are never earning the money that they should, meaning that everything below that qualification is losing now. You know what I mean? Like, So your big hands might make some money because they won't always raise and you'll get a couple streets of value, whatever. But now all the hands that are inferior to that, not only are they also giving up to flop raises, but they're going to play a lot less aggressively in the node period because you're afraid of being raised mm-hmm. and you're gonna be forced to check more often right, and I see yeah. that this is like by far in my opinion one of the biggest low stakes uh leaks that I see is betting one or two streets for value with a clear top of range hand and then landing on the river and just deciding like my opponent doesn't get here with anything worse than my current holding even though I have like top pair top kicker or an over pair or You know bottom two or something like that and they just decide to check and check it goes check check Mm -hmm. so all the hands that would have bluff caught get to showdown for free right and then every time they check and face a bet they call because they're at the top of range and their opponents never bluff
1: you were in a situation last night when we were filming poker out loud where you had um pocket fives and you rivered a set which created a Mm one-liner and it seemed like um you, you said like this this might be thin, but this is like you have to you have to value bet this hand. Yeah, and uh, as you saw, um, Nick almost called it off with, with one pair.
3: Right. It's it's about understanding the construction right. of his range. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for context to the viewer, the final board it was a four bet pot button versus cutoff, uh, and the final board texture was uh, eight seven six king five with three clubs. Right. Two and clubs on
1: a flop, turn king of
3: clubs. Right. River off to five. River offsuit five. Right. And what needs to be understood is that I have a massive flush advantage as the 3 bet caller. Mm-hmm. I have a massive straight advantage as the three-back caller. I have a massive set advantage as the three-back caller. Mm-hmm. So when I triple off there, basically his range is almost solely comprised of one pair hands. He right. has very few hands that are better. He'll have a couple combinations of top set. He'll have a couple combinations of, of flushes. Uh, that four bet at a low frequency. But that's kind of it. Mm -hmm. He might have like a couple combinations of flop straights. Like he might have like 10, 9 of hearts sometimes, whatever. But that's kind of it. Everything else in his range is solely one pair. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really matter if I have a flush, if I have a nine, or if I have a set, they're all worth the exact same. Yeah. Because when I jam them, they all get called and they all generate folds from the exact same chunk of Nick's range. Mm -hmm. Right? So me having bottom set there on the river is no different than me having like nines with no club uh that river is like the top straight or even having flop the nuts with a hand like 10 9 of spades for example they all are worth roughly the same ev maybe 10 9 is actually even worse worth less because a lot of his calling range will be pocket tens if he has Mm -hmm. them at any frequency you know those types of hands um so yeah block
1: his calling <laughs>
3: oh, no, You yeah. don't say.
1: Yeah, but Blockers. like, but like, but no. But you're right. Like, so many people will, especially at like the low stakes, will you know, get to the river and just they're happy to improve and then just happy to check down, and then they're just losing, losing value for sure. Leaving short. money on the table. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. And that's that's the biggest thing is people don't get anywhere near enough value for their strong hands, mm-hmm. and it's a byproduct of them a not bluffing enough themselves, and then b Thinking that their oppositions bluff enough that they can bluff catch with the top of range
2: then yeah. on the flip side They just get owned in value.
3: Yeah, they get wrecked because what ends up happening is their opponents don't value bet thinly enough either mm-hmm. So they never beat value whenever they check call with the fucking third nuts yep. uh, And their opponents also aren't bluffing enough. Mm-hmm. So that's why the inclination of like well, you should actually start folding big hands becomes a bit of a narrative but the, the problem is is that you're putting a Band-Aid on a greater issue. The bigger issue is not that you work yourself... or, or Sorry, the, the bigger issue is not that you're in a position to fold a big hand because your opponent probably doesn't bet worse. The bigger issue is that you've worked yourself into that corner where you've created a spot that against a weak opponent, when they put money in the pot aggressively, they're always going to have a better hand. You just take that away from them by just charging them and then if they re-aggress, now you have a clear fold. Right. And that's much more theoretically sound. Mm-hmm. You know, you're earning a lot of EV in the process of doing that. So uh, I, I, it's, it's, this is a bit of a cautionary tale, but I would take Daniel's words to heart in the sense that he has a good way of breaking things down to the masses in a, a simplified way. And I think, I think the analogy of screams versus whisper is a really good one because he's right. That terminology gets thrown around a lot. Like, just screams of a bluff. Just screams <laughs> of value. I
2: think you're 110% right yeah. when you said that most of his tweets are deprived from Mattisau tweets.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I think you're 100% right. 100%.
2: There. Go
3: to, go to Matisal's profile. I, I saw something today where he was like debating with Chewie about how he has like a 95% accuracy rate when trusting a read. Yeah, I saw oh, that. Man. It's like, come on, man. That's, what the fuck are we talking about? How are you measuring this? <laughs> like, why aren't you rich? Like If that were true, you would just be so, so rich. Uh, He replied to to Chewy, and he said, I guess I'm a genius because my intuition tells me when I'm best 90% of the time. It's not rock, paper, scissors either. I focus on how good players approach every hand, and I always pick up a live read on even the best players. I know maybe you don't believe in live reads, but they exist, and the best players in the world, like Foxy and Chance, will stare you down and pick up a live read uh, all the time. Maybe I'm misunderstanding what you're saying, but I definitely know when players are strong or weak. Also, I'm 99% not playing the Wizards in the G- uh, PokerGo Studios either. It's like, first of all, nobody's going to accuse Chewy of not believing in live reads. Like, right. He believes in aliens. Let's just <laughs> let's understand the man is open to fucking more than just the math. Um, but it, like, I mean, whatever. When you start throwing around like 90%, 99% in confidence intervals, mm-hmm. it's clear you don't care about math. So that that part's understood. And like, yeah, there's probably something to be said for Mikey surviving this long off of intuition and reads. But, you know, you're not making as much as other people who don't do that. Right. And there's a reason for it. It's like, sure, there's an aspect to live poker. Like, look, I'm a live guy through and through. There's a certain social aspect of live poker where there's a lot of meta involved and you can earn a lot of money if you're paying close, close attention to the meta. You can save yourself a lot of bets, and you can earn a lot of extra bets if you are really in tune to how somebody is mentally... Like, what their mental state is, where they're at in their level of gamble, like, where they're at in their uh, ability to press versus be patient, etc. But it's a low degree of confidence. You know, it's like an extra 10% that you're adding on top of whatever your natural win rate is by just being (laughs) theoretically sound. It's not... The opposite. Yeah, <laughs> it's right. not the 90% with theory adding a little a little bonus on top of like, oh, well, I know how to construct a range. <laughs> that should be worth an extra 10% win rate. Ebro <laughs> you know?
2: says, I've been surviving off of intuition and reads. This is why I'm going to the
3: academy in two days. Uh, <laughs> good. We'll fix you. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, uh, I, I can relate to that a lot, especially in MTTs where it's like I kind of just – for decades have flown by the seat of my pants and did what I thought logically made a lot of sense or intuitively made a lot of sense. And, you know, you can win to some degree if you're smart and you're already a decent poker player and theoretically sound, but like, you know, for Efro, like he got out of poker a while ago. He's probably just relying on a lot of things that worked in the early 2010s and stuff like that. And I mean, I feel the MTT game passing me by every single day. The mechanics and how sharp people are at navigating Shorter and shorter and shorter stacks, and then adding in things like uh, ICM and uh, you know being able to calculate this stuff all on the fly, at least in a rough way, it, it's, it's so daunting to somebody who doesn't do that specifically for a living. So it's like you're not going to just sit down and have an edge. You know, edges are worked for. Mm-hmm. They're, they're curated in the lab. You don't just like, have an inkling to go play an MTT tomorrow. And just be like, wow, look around. (laughs) How am I not winning? You know, yeah. Like here's a great example. Uh, So the Enclave Free Roll was a fifty thousand dollar prize pool with seventy two entrants. So if every if all things are equal, everybody's earning about seven hundred fifty dollars for just for showing up, right? What do you think the max win rate is, knowing that first place is twenty k? What what do you think the max hourly would be, assuming that or knowing that first place is twenty K and assuming that uh, the tournament always ends in eight hours.
0: I mean fifty bucks.
3: No, the max hourly.
0: Well the max hourly would be uh twenty five hundred dollars yeah, an hour Yeah, roughly, 50%. right? Yeah, like right. that yeah. that's
3: the absolute right. ceiling, right? Now if I just loosely told you these details it's a 50K prize pool free roll. First place is 20K. And you're the only professional in the field. The other 71 players are all social media influencers. What do you think Matisaw would guess the the hourly in that would be?
1: 20,000 an hour.
3: Well, <laughs> yeah, maybe like 5K. 5K an hour, yeah. Right? Like yeah. just something ridiculous. Right. Because it's easy to overestimate what you're actually winning Mm -hmm. and the thing is is like nobody's making 2500 an hour not the best player in the world right because it's not chess you know there's Mm -hmm. there's there's variance involved so it's like your actual capped hourly is probably like 1200 might be like half of that and it might even be that might even be an overestimate right right so these are this is this is dipping your toe in the water of the importance of understanding where edges come from and being able to You know size up competition calculate where you're making money from and all these other things it's really challenging whenever you want to just remain naive to all that stuff i mean it'll keep you sane because you're caught in the you're caught in the uh what i think they refer to it for slots as the blue zone (laughs) where you're just like locked in you know and they just got you in the gambling wave uh and you're locked into that so it keeps you sane through the wins and losses by just ignoring the the hard numbers i guess um but it also restricts you from ever reaching any maximum potential or Mm -hmm. growth right like it's just really fucking critical to know when you sign up for a daily 250 with 20 percent rake that you are expected to win x you know with your skill edge or, or whatever and i think a lot of people would be better served for that if they were a little bit sharper whenever it comes to this stuff because rather than, you know, going on this downward pursuit of come hell or high water, I'm going to make this my career. There's a much healthier option where it's like, I'm going to make this my recreation that makes me money, right? Like poker as a side gig is like a side gig is probably one of the most lucrative uh you know, moonlight gigs that you could ever have Yeah, in any industry. Mm-hmm. Like if you're reasonably good and you want to put in 500 hours a year, you can have a really fucking nice return on investment. Right. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bartended
4: graveyard for 11 years. What do you think I did those last three hours of my shift? Yeah. Yep. yeah, exactly.
3: But the requirements that it takes to make it a full-time career where you're playing, you know, something closer to a full-time schedule of 1500 to 2000 hours a year and you want to, actually generate security off of this and uh enough money to be comfortable it's a it's a one in ten thousand shot right you know very few people maybe i'm over exaggerating maybe it's more like one in a thousand but like very few people make sustainable livings at this game
2: i mean you're probably right at one one in ten thousand because i would say a lot of everybody uh, there's a lot of people that just try and immediately flail out and like a you're lot right. of people just like stay stick with it
3: yeah, it could be lowballing. Who knows? Yeah. It might be one in hundred thousand. Like we—that's th- the thing—is the community is so small uh, publicly that we have no idea,
0: mm-hmm. right?
3: Because like we see these forward-facing figures, like Anugranu, like even a Madisau who has tremendous success throughout his career, and we say like, "Oh, like I could be that guy," you know, not remembering that there were hundreds of those guys who tried the exact same path and just failed, and right. are working a used car lot now.
4: I actually think that number could be a lot higher, and not that I'm pushing back, but I think the reason people fail at playing full time isn't necessarily a skill thing; it's a bankroll thing. Well, if, if right, people but had that, allotted money to just say, "Okay, I'm only using this for poker," I think we'd have more people playing full time.
3: How could you? Well, that—that's well, you're right. They'd be failing <laughs> though. Right, you're right. How how do they come up with that money if they're playing full time? Right. Yeah. That's that's a big. That's why I'm saying, like, as a as a secondary source of income poker is amazing Mm -hmm. you know because you don't have to be quite as uh frugal but whenever it's your sole source of income you have to put a lot on the line to actually press very small edges and uh you know it's very similar to i don't want to say it's very similar because i don't know enough about it but i I feel like it's very similar to like day trading
2: it's very similar to sports you got to put in a lot of time time and effort
3: kind of sports doesn't cost you anything but time that is true you can just go bankrupt pursuing poker career and the thing is like i don't say this because i want to discourage people from doing it i say it more so to like encourage people to be uh to to have an insurance policy Mm -hmm. like you know splitting your time between a a, a real job and poker is so fruitful in my opinion poker's become
1: easier since i've not it's not been my sole job for sure more enjoyable more it's like just yeah like there's less pressure and um, yeah, it like the game definitely seems easier. Right. You know? It sucks yeah. having
2: to win every single time you sit down. Yeah. Like, it's just not Especially because like you can't. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> right?
1: Nobody can. Mathematically, you just,
2: mathematically,
3: can. you just can't. Right. Yeah. right, yeah. Right? Like that's that's the perpetual loop that I think so many people who pursue this as uh, uh, an end-all, be-all career find themselves in. Like mm-hmm. you just eventually your risk of ruin will come to to fruition, right? Like at some point uh the what is it? gambler's ruin will eventually catch up with you where if you're not laying off risk uh, across the aggregate eventually you'll just be at 100% risk of ruin right mm-hmm. you know um if you don't move down stakes whenever you take a hit if and that's the thing is like a lot of people just can't right if you're playing professionally at 25 and you need minimum 50k just to ensure that you have the exact same bankroll to start the following year and you go on a downswing and lose like half your roll you can't spend 100 or 200 hours rebuilding at 1-3 because now you're ensuring that by the end of the year you won't have made enough money to actually cover your nut Yeah, right so like people just have to press and they watch the risk of ruin increase if they started with a roll where the risk of ruin was like 10% and they go on that Outlier downswing where now the risk of ruin has grown to like 28% or 30%, something like that. It's tough. It's tough because you're still having to pay your bills out of your bankroll. You have to mentally juggle and deal with the losses and figure out how much of it is variance, how much of it is not working hard enough and, and making corrections. It's a really, really, really tough way to make an easy living. We all know. Academy this weekend, guys. (laughs) (laughs) From first-hand experience,
4: I can tell you, it's a really cool... uh, It's uh, it's a lot of fun.
3: Guapo will be there. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Josie Joe. Hit us with a super chat. He said, love the discussion. Thank you. Always on point. We appreciate your support, as always. Thank you, Josie Joe. You're the man. Uh, We'll save the the Perkins tweet. Maybe for another day. Maybe not for at all. I don't know. Um, The show's running long, and I don't want to get into a a diatribe about data not just we've already done that we covered it. it
2: we've been there so that's gonna do it Nick for Coward. us today
3: conrad take us out of here what <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> on that note we'll be back tomorrow um noon at noon yeah like subscribe you know do what you do later peace peace